coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. Good afternoon. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church in Jefferson Hills. And with me, as always, is Pastor Mark Berkshire with Meadow Run Community Church in Ohio Powell, Pennsylvania. And uh, since this is the first podcast of the new year, well, first, let me say this. Thank you guys for hanging in, because as you might have noticed, on our on our last podcast uh there might have been some sound issues we hope we got that squared away um but this first podcast of the year we're going to be talking about hopefully an important topic uh and it seems to be impacting a lot of congregations and that's a deception within the body of christ false teachers false prophets uh and how that ties into um biblical i don't want to say end times but yeah what the bible says will occur uh in the in the last days so um let's start with this um because this is what we usually do what are you preaching on this sunday are you still there you guys started a series on revelation yeah are you here? Yeah, I can hear you now. You have froze. Are you there? Yeah, can you hear okay. me? Yeah, I think the weather is playing with the internet, so we may have some some disconnection problems here as we go, but we're trusting the Lord it won't be that. But last week I started as I started going through um, a series on the book of Revelations, and we had an introduction to Revelation last week. Uh, this week, I will be preaching. Uh, we started the first eight ch- verses of chapter one last week. This week, we're going on the um, the rest of chapter one, and we're going to be talking about how John tells us about Jesus in that first chapter. Uh, it's probably the most um, majestic picture of Christ that is in the Bible is found in that first chapter of Revelation. So I'm excited to, to be talking about that. Okay, I'm actually also walking through a book from John, but it's First John. Uh, we did our introduction last week. Uh, we talked about uh, the four reasons John gives on why he's writing to the church. And this week we are digging into... Uh, a topic that most people don't find comfortable, and that's where John talks about sin. And uh, not that, you know, a believer is sinless and perfect, but that if we are believers, we should definitely sin a lot less. Um, yeah. So calling uh, believers to live a holy life uh, and follow uh, the teachings. Yeah. Of so I'm sure that's. I don't think anyone in our congregation will have a problem with it, but I'm sure there'll be a lot less views online and a lot less downloads uh, because I'm actually going to list that as the title that believers are not sinless, but we should sin less. So uh, we'll see how that goes. 
but speaking, going back to deception in the church. Well, first, let's do this. Let's define what we mean by deception. So when we say that there is deception in the church, what, what does that word mean to you from a biblical aspect? From a biblical aspect, Satan from the beginning of time has been known as the deceiver. Okay. Uh, deception is when he tries to hide the truth from us. Mm -hmm. um, and he can do that in many different ways. But, you know, deception is biblically speaking is hiding the truth of, of the gospel from us. That's a, a, a very basic, without going into long detail about what deception is to me. And that, that, that's, that's an interesting answer because as I was teaching through the introduction of 1 John's, one of the reasons that he says that he writes that letter is to refute false teachings. And then we walk through uh, a series of passages where over and over the Bible warns that the false teachers will try to deceive people and dissuade them from the truth and pull them away from the truth. So, um, and the fact that they said, you know, this is already happening uh, in the gospel of Mark chapter one, it talks about the fact that there were, in the synagogues, not necessarily the church, but in the synagogues, that there were demons-filled people sitting in the pews. Uh, and I'm not saying that they're in our congregations. I'm also not saying they are not. I'm saying it's very likely. But there are definitely some people in churches and congregations today who are there to deceive people, mislead people, and not to equip people. Um, and, so and they do it. And they yeah. do it very they do it very subtly. It's not like they're doing it with a flashing sign that says, I'm going to lead you astray. They do it very subtly because that's what Satan does. He does it subtly. He didn't, he didn't tell Eve. He, he didn't really, you know, tell her this apple is good. It's going to be, but what did he do? He, he put it in her mind that, you know, God's really not going to kill you. He's really not going to end your life because you bite of a of a piece of fruit from a tree that he tells you not to. You know? Yeah. So from the beginning of time, Satan's tactic, which it's sad to say that we recognize it, but it's still working, has always been to say, to get people to question God's word. Did God really say? Does the yeah. word of God really say? Does it really say that? Do you really have to live this way? Uh, yeah, so to question the word of God. So that's, that's a, uh, and unfortunately, even though we know that's a tactic, it's apparently working because he's still sticking to it and still getting people to question the word of God, uh, to does God's word really say, do you really have to live that way? Uh, and over and over, uh, throughout the Bible, it talks about how those false teachers and false preachers will get people. Not just to say to God really say, but was Jesus really, you know, the son of God? Did he really come in the flesh? Did he really say that you have to live that way? And over and over, it says that they'll get people to question uh, Jesus. And that, that's what we see happening in the church today. Yeah. 
and, and Paul warned us. He said, "Do not be deceived, because God is not mocked." And a lot of a lot of what's going on in the church, a lot of what's going on in the world, is Satan trying to mock God and to um, paint a picture that. Um, it's not the Bible isn't the true word of God. The Bible isn't it isn't uh, it was written by men who were just like you and me who had faults, had mistakes, had all that, which is totally true. That's what the Bible how the Bible was written. The big difference is the Holy Spirit filled those men to write that the the book, the Bible. so, it is infallible. It is the infallible word of God. It is it is very crucial to our walk with God. So let me ask this question uh, before we move on to this question. So how important is it? And I know we both know, but how important is it that pastors teach uh, the inf infallibility, that the Bible uh, is without error and is the divine word of god because you and i we've talked about this before about people uh pastors teaching that oh well you don't have to really worry about the old testament or you don't have to worry about what paul said all you need to worry about is what jesus said so i mean that's part of the deception but how important is it that people in the churches understand the entire word of god is the word of god um i mean I I think it's I think it's it's crucial. It's very important that we understand that the word of God, the Bible that we read, I don't care what translation it is, although there are translations that kind of deceive us as well, but the word of God is the infallible, true, God-breathed word of God. God spoke the Bible into existence. And if we can't, if we can't believe the first sentence or the first word of the Bible, then we can't believe any of it. So if we can't believe in the beginning, God, if we don't believe that, then we will never believe what's in between the pages. Yeah, and as we've said before, it is the Old Testament that gives validity to the New Testament because of the prophecies right. made in the Old Testament that were fulfilled in the New Testament that make us say, yeah, if this actually happened, not just because someone said and then someone else said it happened because historically, uh, archaeologically, uh, even scientifically, these things have come true, uh, not just some of them, not just 20, 30, but all of the prophecies uh, fulfilled and have come true. The only ones notwithstanding are the uh, end time prophecies. So, um, and and that's the basis for our our faith. Our faith isn't in just wordless wonder. Uh, it's it's grounded in the Word of God because it has proven historically, archaeologically, scientifically to be true. Um, so that's why we believe it. Well, let me change tactics here for a minute and ask this question because someone brought up to me. Uh, a question about deception outside of the church. Uh, how much does that like? Can we trust the government? The fact that you can't trust the news. The fact that you, 
you know, you can't trust social media, although so many people trust social media and the news over the word of God. Um, but how much does that impact the level of deception and uh, mistrust in the word of God that we see happening in congregations today? Um, and you froze up a little bit there, so I, I, I think I got the gist of it, though. But I, I think that it's another way Satan is using it. Satan is using our world around us, our culture, our news, our government, um, to, to bring doubt into the Christian mind of what is truth. You know, we can't trust the government, then who can we trust? And the Bible teaches that we should never put our trust in the government, that our trust should only go in God and God alone. But we, over time, have put our trust in so many things outside of God's word that it's just common it's just common, it's just natural for us to not trust God's word because we don't trust government. Um, with that being said, the Bible also teaches that we are to be under the authority of government. God made government, he ordained government to be a instrument of guidance for us, but man and Satan has destroyed that to the point of there's so much deception, so much things going on um, in the world that, that it's hard to see the black and white of the Bible. And that's part of the deception we're talking about. You know, you ask about how important it is to believe that the Bible is the infallible word of God. And, and this goes to that. If we don't know the Bible, if we don't know anything about the Bible, if we're just going to churches on Sunday morning and listening to a preacher or, or turning on the TV and listening to some preacher on TV, we may only get a feel-good sermon. We may not get a Bible preach a Bible-believing sermon. That's why we need to open up the Word of God and look at it for ourselves. So uh, how can people, and I know we've talked about this before, but how can they identify, wow, there's a lot of false teaching because no one wants to sit in a congregation that you've been sitting in for months, it may be years, especially if, hey, my family went here three generations and I grew up here, you know, and say that, oh, well, they're not teaching biblical truth. Uh, they are technically some of the false teachers, false prophets, false preachers, that the Bible warns about. So what are some signs that people can look for that, hey, um, truth is not being taught in this place? I would say, number one, if they skirt around sin, hell, the, 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 um, the, the the problem or the destruction or devastation of sin and the consequences of sin, if they skirt around all of those issues and never preach on those issues, I would start thinking about if I'm in a church that's preaching the truth. If they, if they veer away from talking about the end times, 
talking about price return. Um, if all you're getting is a, a sermon that makes you feel good and it's about self-awareness and self-positivity and self, you know, everything's about self, then that's not a church that's preaching the word of God. Let me, let me come to a circle in that and say, it is important that we have self-confidence and that we have positivity. I was going to say, somebody's going <laughs> to. I, I, that's why I'm coming back around. It's important to have all of those things. But if that's the only meat that you're getting, you're not getting meat. You're just getting fluff. Because the Bible tells us that we need to know that we're sinners. That we need to know that we need a savior. And if, if, if a pastor is not telling people, I, I heard a big name pastor, he's pastor of the largest church in America, say on an interview that it's not his job to make people feel bad about their sin. And I would say to a point, I agree with that, but it's not his job not to make sin, not to make people aware of sin. Yeah, you I, know, it's, it's not our job to make people feel guilty about their sin. That's not my job. That's God's job. That's between you and God. My job is to tell you about the sin and tell you about the consequences of the sin and where it can lead you and 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 let you know about it. That's my job as a pastor. I, 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 and maybe it's just the way he worded it, but I... I say, I, I'm like, I kind of go back and forth on that, but I feel like it may not be my job to make you feel guilty about your sin, but it should be my job to let you know if you are sinning, you should feel guilty about it. Yeah, exactly. But no, that's, he, he did it in several different interviews, the same exact answer. Yeah. Um, and, and he says, this guy, this, this preacher, and if I said his name, everybody would know it, but uh, he said that um, he he said that he has to stay in his lane and preach the positivity of life, make someone feeling positive about their life and good about their life and want to do more and want to go better in their life. All sounds great. But the only way we can do that is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah, we can't do that any other way. Yeah, I I would disagree with that. Yes, we want to make we don't want anyone to walk out feeling shameful, you know. No, we also don't want anyone to walk out feeling oh this sin that I'm engaged in, it's okay, it's it's okay for me to keep doing that. Um, and and that's how Satan does it though. Satan tells us that in in so many churches today, there are people that are going to church and they're not hearing that living together out of marriage is wrong. They're not hearing that living a lifestyle that is, is totally perverted in God's eyes is wrong. You know, they're not hearing that being untruthful in business, you may be truthful in all your other practices, but being untruthful in business that's not wrong. That's just business. That's just trying to get ahead. 
And if, if that's what we're hearing, and if that's what you're hearing from the pulpit, then run like crazy out of that place and find someone who's going through the word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, book by book, reading the word of God, explaining what they get from God in that, in that passage. Yeah, I would add to that, that if they don't open the Bible, and let me, let me clarify that because sometimes I always tell people open their Bible, but sometimes I won't read from the Bible. I'll just put it up on the screen because I noticed there are people in our congregation who they won't ever open the Bible. I don't know if they just have trouble reading. I don't know what the deal is. But when I put the verses up on the screen, they will look up and read along. So yeah. sometimes I will like this past Sunday, especially because whenever we start a series, we only go through the first couple of verses because I want to give a lot of the background information. So uh, we only went through the first four verses. So I just put them up on the screen, uh, but also told people while I'm giving you some information, go ahead and open your Bible to first John. And it's, you know, I, I see some people just won't open their Bible. Other people open them and take notes. Uh, sometimes it's open your Bible and literally the whole sermon, we're going verse by verse and explaining what this means, why he's saying it, how it's in context of the Bible and how it applies to our lives. So, uh, which is next week, we're just going to be where I, instead of putting him up on the screen, because we're going through so many verses, I'll have my Bible and we'll be walking through together verse by verse by verse by verse. Here's what yeah. this means. Here's why he said it why it's important and here's you know how it applies to your life so but uh if you go to a congregation where and i say this thing i know there's some mega congregations like church i should go in virginia a couple thousand people they didn't have bibles under every piece it was more of a stadium type thing but the pastor opened the bible even though the words were on right. the screen and read from the bible so yeah. If you're at a church where the pastor, I mean, very rarely opens the Bible or very rarely asks you to open the Bible, um, that might be a red flag. Uh, I'm not saying you're necessarily being, yeah. but I'm saying you're probably not being taught from the Bible if he's very rarely opening his Bible. Now, I will say <laughs> in that I hardly ever open my Bible at the pulpit. Because I have it all written out in my notes and I have it I have it in 16 point types so I can read it. So uh, because I can't read the letters of the Bible sometimes. So but I do ask people to turn in their Bible and follow along with me as I read. And my Bible is open on the pulpit. It's just I don't read from it. Yeah, but um, you're, and you're then I give them a scripture. Speech Right. I mean, you're reading from the Bible, even if it's you've right. written it down in your notes so you could read from it. And I just, right. just last Sunday, I just increased mine from 18 to 22 point because I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. at age. I'm like, I can't see that. What? So I had to increase it. And I was like, oh, this is so much better. It's a lot easier. Yeah. To read. But yeah. yeah. I mean, if it, that's one thing if you, because I hear a lot of pastors say, well, you know, I don't take my Bible with me. I will type it all out and manuscript form. It's what it's called, which is what I do also. Yeah, I do too. My puppy's going crazy right now because uh, yeah. Amazon, so I'll have to edit this out. But um, you're reading from scripture. 
it's the pastors who will not read from scripture or barely quote scripture right. other than to say, you know, they'll say in the Bible, it says, and then they'll just say something and people yeah. don't to see whether or not that's true and usually the thing that they're saying is in the bible is not which is why they're not in the bible and it's so easy to be deceived because like i said there are there are people who will who will say sound like they're saying the right things like it's in the bible that way but the bible never said it like that yeah you know um, so we, we need to be careful. Um, and especially the Bible tells us as we approach the end time, as we approach the return of Christ in the rapture, there is going to be more and more and more deception and people being deceived than ever before. Yeah. And, and you know, that's why Jesus threw in there the, the verses. I forget where it's at. Um, but he, he threw in there, there'll be people come to me and say, but Father, or but Lord, I, I, I preached in your name. I, I did miracles in your name. I gave money in your name. I did all of this in your name. And he's going to say to them, but you don't know me. Yeah. Depart from me. And, and I don't want to be in that number. <laughs> um, you know. But and, and there's so many people that are sitting in churches today. There's another pastor who's a pastor of a mega church that said he had 20,000 converts in his first two weeks of services. I'm thinking, wow, that, that's pretty good. But if, you, if he's just leading someone in a prayer at the end of a service, he's giving them a false conversion. Yeah. If there's no repentance in that prayer, then it's not a prayer that is sincere. It's not one that God's going to hear. But there's many people sitting in the church today because and think that they are saved and they are safe because they said a prayer that a preacher told them to say, and they're saved. That's yeah. not salvation. That's part of the deception salvation is taking that prayer taking that repentance repentance means turning away from making something new and changing your life not saying a prayer and going back to your life and living it the same way you did before you said that prayer so how i'm going back to things outside the church how much does i'm going back because of the Elections are coming up, and we we already see it ramping up. You know, they just oh, had yeah. Iowa caucus, and uh, it's just out of control, and and there's so much division. But how much does the political perspective of a person uh, play into whether or not they'll be deceived? Because I see people online saying, "Oh, it's you Democrats who are deceived. Oh, it's you Republicans who are deceived." Yada yada yada. Deception doesn't care whether you're a Republican, Democrat, white, black, yellow, red. It doesn't care. Satan's going to deceive us all. He's going to try to. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what he wants. He wants us to be divided. He wants us to be on different pages. 
so that we will have these little fights over whose guy is right and whose guy is wrong. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's not about that. That's not what this is about. This is about coming together as one, united. We were founded as a country on biblical on biblical principles. And I don't care who tries to tell us otherwise, who tries to say that's not true, who tries to say that that's a bunch of malarkey. That's the way it was. We were founded on biblical principles. And I believe that as time goes on, as time went on with the Israelites, going back to the days of Noah, you preached a good series on this not too often long ago, on the days of Noah, as of the days of Noah. We are in those days where people are just at each other's throat because of little things. And we, we've forgotten the bigger picture. We've forgotten how, you know, why, why we are here as people. Why did God allow us to be born? Why did God create us in the time that he created us? And it was to show Christ's suffering to the world around us. And we don't do that. So let me ask this. Um, what are some ways or what can people do? How do people of faith respond when they realize, hey, uh, there's some stuff being taught here that may not be biblical truth or there's some deception. And I hate to keep using that word deception because it makes you think of like intense evil guiding, but that's literally what it is. Um, but how, yeah. how people of faith respond if they feel like, hey, uh, we're being deceived, uh, whether it be intentionally or unintentionally um, uh, from their within their congregation. Well, you know what I'm going to say first off? Pray. Pray that, that God would give you wisdom. God would give you insight. Um, pray that you are hearing it correctly. That you're not, you're not just overreacting to something. Um, and then I would go to the pastor, the teacher, whoever it was that, that you feel is leading, not teaching the truth. Go to them one-on-one, -on -one, privately, express your concerns, show them in the word where you disagree with them and what the word, what you believe the word says and what they do. Um, do it respectfully. Don't do it in an argumentative way. Come with, come with respect, come with love, come in gentleness to them. I, I was just going to uh, ask that because there are some times that we as pastors, we make mistakes. Oh, is that yeah. what? So I would even start with, hey, did you really mean this when you said? Because sometimes people will come to me and yeah. I'm like, is that what I said? They were like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I did not mean that. say that. That was a mistake. Yeah. You never said that. What I meant to say was this. And they're like, oh, that makes more sense. And I've had to. Uh, yeah. so I would say, yeah, like like you said, come respectfully, um, just asking for clarity. Yeah, and and then um, if you're not getting 
if, if they don't change and, and things don't change the way that you feel God is leading them to change or should lead them to change, then I would seek out a church that would be a better fit for you. And I would, when I, when I get ready to move on to a different church, I would let the pastor know, Hey, I think you're a great guy. If you do, um, I think you're a great guy. I just am not getting what I need. And, you know, we hate to hear that as pastors, but sometimes we need to hear that because that's when God um, shakes us up and we get and say, okay, why, why did they feel they weren't getting what they needed? And then we can evaluate what's going on with our, our walk with the Lord. Although I'm going to be honest, and I don't care what people think about this. Sometimes I've had people come to me and say, hey, I'm leaving because I'm not getting what I need. And I was like, bye-bye. Good riddance. I, I didn't say yeah. but I was like, oh, so sorry to hear that. Hope you find somewhere that serves you. But in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, bye-bye. Good riddance because... This is not the right place for you. This is a place where we're going to yeah. stick with biblical truth and yada yada. But also, I would add um, that there needs to be how do I word it? Um, an understanding that this is the direction that things are going. Uh, 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 Jesus made it crystal clear, and I think it was Matthew twenty-four. He said, "As there will be more false preachers." Uh, and teachers out there uh, and, and deception, uh, it will cause the wickedness of more to inc people to increase and the love of people to go cold. Uh, there is no place in the Bible where it says things will get better and we move towards this kumbaya. That only happens with the return of Christ. Yeah. Everything that we are seeing, uh, the more deception, there'll be more false teachers, there'll be more false preachers, there will be more wickedness and increasing, which is why... As you referenced, Jesus said, as in the it will be as in the days of Noah. In the days of Noah, every single person on the planet had wickedness and evil intent in their heart so much that God said, I need to wipe this out. That's what we're moving yeah. toward, which will only be stopped, we're told in the Bible, uh, by the return of, of Jesus Christ. So um, there are some people who are going to find it hard. And I'm, I don't know a way to say this. I don't want to say it like that. But you may have to take some time to actually find a God-honoring, Holy Spirit-filled Bible teaching church in your community. Um, yeah. There are many out there, but there are more places that will continue to, 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 to have false teachers and false preachers and, and deceive people. So you may have to go through a lot of... And this is why so many people say, like, I just stopped going. I try... Yeah. I, they say I tried all the churches in my town, and they may have tried three or four, or even five, out of the twenty-seven in their town, and then said, "I'm done. This is this is." You know. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and, and you know, we've got to understand. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah, Jeremiah seventeen, I think it says, "The heart is deceitful above all things." We are born with a deceitful heart. And it's desperately sick. And we, we can only understand the truth through coming to God in repentance and salvation. 
So we, we have a heart that is sick. And we need to be healed of that. So deceitfulness is, is something that's going to be there no matter what. Um, but as you said, during uh, the, the closer we get to the rapture, the more deception, the more delusion, the more um, problems we're going to have are going to increase. Paul said in, in, in 2 Thessalonians that, that God sends them strong delusions so that they may believe what is false. So, you know, there, there's coming a time when, when and, and we see this, we see this in every aspect of our lives, in, in government, in, in families, in, in our church. And it's, it's happening. And, and in order that we may, we may um, come to understand the righteousness and unrighteousness of man, that's what, that's what it's all about. And I will, I will add this to the things that people can do to respond is read their Bibles. Uh, Amen. Just, just I was getting there. <laughs> the Bible. I mean, it's a lot easier to identify stuff that's not in the Bible when you know your Bible. It's a lot easier to identify stuff that people twist in the Bible if you read your Bible. Uh, you're it, you're more will, likely to be able to identify, wait, that's not what it says, or it doesn't say it quite like that. I think he's taking out how to context or twisting it or manipulating deception or whatever if you know what's in there. Um, and and, and I, I will add to that. Just... You don't have to know verse, chapter about it. Read the Bible so you understand it. You, you may not know exactly where that is in the Bible. You may have to go back and figure it out. But don't be discouraged if you don't know the chapter and verse off the top of your head. I don't know a lot of the chapters and verses. Neither do I. I tell my people all the time. Um, and I, I don't tell them, hey, turn to you know First John uh, it's here. Here's the page number. If you don't know where it is, go look at the table of contents. That's what it's there for. And that's what helps you get more familiar with, oh, this is where this book is, or this is what this yeah. is. Um, I will add this too, because yeah. uh, I think it's important. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's okay. Um, go to Bible studies as well. Uh, because, and I, I just shared a video on this on TikTok, because some a woman had stated that she wasn't allowed to ask questions at a Bible study. <laughs> ask people, go ask your pastor if you're allowed to ask questions at the Bible study, because that's what they're there for. Yes, uh, on a Sunday morning, it's a monologue. Normally, the pastor just expounding stuff. No one gets to ask questions and interject. Someone might. I had someone ask a question this Sunday. But normally, it's just a monologue. But in a Bible study, the whole purpose is so that it's a dialogue. So someone can say, okay, now, how do I apply that to my life? Or wait, what does that mean? Or even if they're saying, I thought it meant this, and then you get to clarify. And a lot of people I shared will normally allow questions. Some might try to rein them in if it gets too off topic because they want to keep and be respectful of people's time. Other people, and I'll generally do this, I'll let the questions go because that means they don't quite understand this. So let's keep talking about it until we understand it. 
you know, and then like, okay, is everyone clear on that now? Yeah. Okay. Now we can move on. Even if that means we don't finish everything this week, we'll have to move some stuff back next week. But that's the purpose of a Bible study to ask questions, to gain a better understanding. So uh, definitely go to Bible studies. Yeah, I agree. I agree. God didn't put us here and just say, fend for yourselves. I'm done. I did my job. I created the world. I created everything in it. And I, I, I created you to be here for such a time as this. Go do your thing. That's not what God ever intended for us to do. God intended to be here with us, following us, guiding us, and directing us as we go through life. And we need to do that together. Um that's why I stress so much about church attendance on, on Sunday celebrations. It is, I mean, the internet is great, and I love to do the live streams and, and, and have people watch on live stream. But to have you in person, to have you right there and fellowship with you together, one-on-one -on -one with everyone else around us, that is what the community of Christ is. That is how we fight deception. That is how we fight Satan is by being unified together as a body, as a family of God. Yeah. And um, I'm going to final thought before I, I wanted to read something someone shared. Uh, yeah. That's one of the ways that people were able to verify the word of God is unity. Here's, here's, here's what I read and this is how I receive it. And here's what I read this is what, and people coming together and saying, yeah, this is, what we receive and people coming together when people try to, because people ask all the time, why are all these other books excluded from the Bible? Or they ask, why were they kicked out? And my response is they were not kicked out. They were never included because they were never divinely inspired. Right. And all the people that came together without Facebook, without the internet, without, you know, all that stuff were each able to say, here are the books that we believe God is divinely inspired and all of the people had the same thing, except for these people who said, well, what about these books? And they were like, no, uh, it's not divinely inspired. Plus, it contradicts the Bible. But so that unity helps keep us strong, helps identify deception, helps keep it out. But I wanted to read this because I, 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 I made a post asking, you know, why do people believe the news and social media and all that stuff, but don't believe the word of God? Uh, and there was a woman, I don't have permission to use her name. I don't think she listens to this podcast anyway. Uh, but she says, I don't believe anything but the word of God anymore. She said she had a conversation with her daughter and said, listen, kid, we better start getting right with God real quick because he is just burning everything down. People have crossed him far too long and he's over it. And she said, I've always believed in God, but I've never been very religious. But recently... I've become more spiritual in the past few years because honestly, I'm over all the deception and everything going on on earth. So, I mean, it, it's become <laughs> apparent to people who even, you know, not just the religious folks, but even people who just want to know if God exists and, hey, uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff we cannot trust in this world, but the word of God is something we need to trust in this world so uh, i'm asking for a final thought and then you can close us and i say close. well i was just gonna say my final thought is this this should be 
the most encouraging time for us as believers. We are living in a time that shouldn't be scary. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of scary stuff going on around us. But we shouldn't be afraid. We shouldn't be fearful of everything that's going on because we know what the Bible says. And the Bible says that this has to happen in order for Christ to come in the clouds to bring victory to us. Um, he's already paid the price. He's already bought the ticket. All we have to do is accept and move forward. People are hungry for the word of God today because there is so much deception in the world. Let us be the ones to show them the truth and not be the deceiver of the false prophets. Let's show them the real Bible, the real God, living in us and through us. Amen. Amen. So, Mark, can you uh, pray for, as always, uh, our congregations and just uh, for a spirit of truth? Um for those people that are actually seeking the word of God. I'd be glad to. Father, once again, we thank you for this platform that you've provided us with to just share our thoughts. Um, we're just two preachers sitting here talking. Um, we don't have all the answers. <laughs> we will never claim to have all the answers, Lord. Uh, but we know that your word does and that your word is truth, and that your word is love. And Lord, help us to stand on your word. Um, help us to, to be able to, um, as we stand on it, and as we digest what you, what you are telling us in the word, to, to just spread that throughout our circles of influence. And Lord, let us be the beacon of light in a dark, dark world. Help us to to um, come against the, the delusion and the deception and, and, and all of the things that Satan's trying to throw at us. Help us to be the ones to say, I have the answer. It's not me, but it's found in the word of God and it's found in Jesus Christ. Help us to be the guiding lights that, that we can guide people to the true light and to the truth of your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.